What is happening, everyone? Welcome to episode 232 of your favorite podcast, the Gordon I Podcast. I'm with Justin Mahaley alongside a very special guest today, Ross Flanagan, the sauce boss creator of Bull of Gains. We have an awesome conversation to have for you. You lost. What's next? Let's take the mentality behind losing and how we applied it to better ourselves. As always, Gordon I Podcast brought to you by Revive Summons, brought to you by Raw Summons. Use code Mahaley at checkout to support your boy. Please leave us a five-star rating and review. Tag us on IG if you love it. I'll see you inside. Here with Ross Flanagan. This is someone I've wanted to have on the podcast for quite some time. My first experience, my first uh, exposure, Ross, was when, for some reason, he wasn't a pro yet. And he showed up to the Adela Garcia in, like, um, it was a COVID year. Um, 2020. Um, it was later on that year. Things got delayed and whatnot. Maybe July, something like that. So that was oh, that was like September, October, November. So I had a guy, my be- my best friend Brandon, who you know he was showing up. It was his second ever show. He was like 180 pounds at five si- five six, and I was like, man, he's peeled like this show, the Adela. Like, Brandon might win it. It's not like it's this crazy good show. It's just in podunk fucking, like, it's in Austin, but it's in a podunk, like, side of Austin. And this motherfucker walks in the room, and I'm like, oh, my God, nobody has a prayer to beat Ross. Ross went on to a turn pro at Nationals, made his pro debut. Uh, most of you guys know him as the sauce boss. Let me hear about this funny story. So, at this show, we yeah. Wear oh, my God, we so did. Facts. So, backstage... Yeah. Sitting next to a heavyweight. Okay. And um, he doesn't know who I am. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, man, I signed up for the show. And this big motherfucker. (laughs) Uh, I saw him post on Instagram. I was like, shit, I'm going to win this. I'm that big motherfucker. No way. (laughs) I remember that because when you guys went on stage, you put the mask on your um, wrist. Yeah, that was wild, dude. But there were people coming down to Texas to compete from all over because that was the only place open. Um, Actually, I I do have one question for you. I have one. I told you no generic questions. I have one generic question for you. Um, And let's rip the band aid off of it because it's already been ripped off. You got a second place pro card. How often do you think about that? Did it actually affect you? Yeah. For how long? In what ways, yeah. Um, I didn't win. Yep. No matter what I thought my, no matter what my opinion and perspective was on the competition, it didn't matter. Yeah. It wasn't in my control. Yeah. And, and I didn't, like, people like, oh, congratulations, you're a pro now. I'm like, am I? Like, yeah, I know. I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm going to accept it because it doesn't really matter how I got here. Yeah. Because uh, I don't know if I told you. I'm the only, I've gotten beat second place like three times in a row. Yeah. And none of those people that beat me have competed yet. Dude, you told me, you just told me that the other day. That's nuts. I'm the only one. So Jonathan hasn't competed because he had some setbacks this year. The other guy's just done. No, um, Matt, uh, Matt Barnes, I think his last name is, he won the overall. He did. 2019 looked incredible. Incredible. His story was nuts. The firefighter, right? No, police officer. Police officer. Uh, Ripped out or something. Yeah. Um, Took tons of time off. Yeah. Was got tiny. Yeah. I mean, he was tiny. No shit. Yeah. It was that crazy. Yeah. And he's just done now. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. talked to him online and I, don't, I think he's making a comeback. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So I, I hope he's coming back. So you lost. Yeah. 
what happened? What'd you do next? You went back to the drawing board with Dom. Yeah. Um, Ross is coached by Dominique Cardone, a friend of mine who I, I really look up to and respect. I like Luke. Yeah. I think it's the most valuable tool someone can can have. Yeah. I That that night, I went right back to work. Yeah. Um, and I knew that, actually, I called John. Yep. Who, after, and he goes, uh, what happened? I go, I lost. Yeah. He goes, yeah, you suck. Yeah. Get back to work. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to. I'm mm-hmm. going gonna, gonna to improve. Yeah. So I, I, I took a year off. I think my uh, off season was a little too long. Okay. You got a little fat. Yeah, you did. And that, that made my prep for the, um, the indie pro a little longer than I wanted. How long was that prep? It was like 30, 30, 30 weeks. Yeah. Okay. Um, right before Christmas is when I started. Why did you get too fat? Um, I think looking back, um, and I'm not blaming Dom at all, but I think we made some wrong calls. Of course. No, yeah. So this is this is a very important lead into the next conversation. I want to come back into this real quick, but we're both coaches, mm-hmm. right? There's times that you look at an athlete and it's like, I think this is the route that we need to go. And when you start going that route, that doesn't mean that it's guaranteed to work, right? And no matter how good we are at coaching. No matter how good. Makes a mistake. Yeah. I, I yeah. Every I just realized today I have an athlete competing on Sunday this week. By the time people hear this, it's going to be long gone um julie bully phenomenal athlete absolutely inside outfield women's physique competitor i was overviewing data to to see what we should do next and i'm back about two weeks and i realized i'm back two weeks and i missed a refeeding period that we needed to have and then i had to make up for it later on and i didn't realize why i had to make up for it with three days just off of gym cardio steps everything no training no nothing and that's how we had to dig ourselves out of this huge recovery deficit we're in i missed it People simply miss things. The best in the world simply miss things. But what matters is it's true. And Ross is a testament to this. How long are you going to be with your coach? If you're only going to be with someone 12 months, don't waste my fucking time. Your last podcast made yeah. Really good. Um, so it takes a year to two years to learn the coach. Dude. So uh, just relating it back to me, college football. Yeah. It took me two fucking years, full years, to learn the playbook. Yep. And then once I didn't play it down, and then once yep. I've got two years in, Dominated. You got to, go. Yeah, I got to go. Ryan Day, Ohio State's head coach, talks about that. Like, why I can't go get a quarterback out of the transfer portal? It takes two years to learn my offense. The quarterback, it, it takes, dude. If truthfully, if you're going to be with me less than a year, do not hire me. Do not work with me. There's nothing I can do with you. I can't help you. You lost after nationals. You got too fat for Indy. Right now, I see how you operate as a bodybuilder. And I told you before my show and during my show when I got off stage for prejudging, I truly, this is, this is kind of funny because I'm not one that seeks this. I really wanted your validation because I saw you go through that indie pro prep. And I was like, this guy's fucking diced. Like, you got peeled, bro. You got peeled. And I was like, I'm going to get, I'm not going to look like Ross. I'm not, I don't, I don't have that development yet. But my conditioning is going to parallel with Ross's. And go ahead. So that's funny you say that. Yeah, you know Brett Swanson. I do. Yeah, Brett Swanson. Yeah, great guy. Yep, he did the same exact thing. Yeah, he was backstage in Indy. The first time Indy looked good. Every time I saw your picture, yeah, I'd say I need to get more shredded. Than yep, this. I love that. Like, if I don't win this, yep, if I don't win the show, that's fine. But if I'm able to change people, their behaviors, yeah, everything. So just to brag about someone, Justin Rodriguez. Yep, backstage first time meeting when he did. 
would you change the game? <laughs> that's really, that's a cool impact to have. But yeah. truthfully, seeing how you operate at Factory has helped me level up as a bodybuilder and my expectations as a coach. And I think what's cool about Factory is that we all have each other to bounce also. And now you and I are hitting training sessions together and stuff. But you, from nationals to the indie pro prep, I didn't know you. We didn't. Yeah. We weren't really friends at that point. Yeah. Were you operating the same way that you are right now? No. What was different? So diet was all weird. We were pushing uh, eight meals a day. That's that's awful. That's awful. That sucks. So yeah. Hindsight, I told Dom, eight meals a day impeded my training. Yeah. Because I wasn't able to get the proper digestion, proper recovery in between sets because I was rushing. Yeah. Because I had to eat those three extra meals after workout. Yeah. Oh, slug life. Yes, people uh, can hate on that, but I think it's crucial. Who hates on that? S send them on the podcast. Yeah, that's so stupid. If you don't know your neat, you're missing a large component so, of your output. Because Dom and I collaborate a lot. So yeah, he's not again anti steps, but he didn't really care. Okay, like, you need to start doing this. Yes, you've, you've seen my rebound. Yeah, I'm growing thirty pounds. Yeah, and I'm not getting fat. And you're tight. And yeah, I'm doing cardio. My meat is yeah. sky high. Um, implemented log books yeah. into this past training, which I was against for a long time. Yeah, it's, I know you were. Yeah. Is, uh, a game changer. Yep. It really is. Yeah. It's uh, how can you how can you manage something that you're not tracking? So yeah. without the data, how do I know if I'm getting better? Mm -hmm. How do I know if I'm progressing from where I still need to reload and recover? Mm -hmm. Do I need to bump things up? Do I need to, you know, mm -hmm. everything. So in football, um, I think all levels of football have this now. You know, I, I, I correlate everything to football. That's so that's easy. the yep. pinnacle awesome sport. Yeah. After every single game, there's quality control coordinators. There's assistants. There's GAs that break down every single player that played in the game, every snap they played, what their assignment on that play call was, everything they did, right? And they get a very remarkably strict grade yep. on them, right? So you might have won by 60 points right? But quarterback might've thrown five touchdowns, right? He might only grade out 50% because he took the wrong. Yep. Exactly. You played great in the box score. So in the box score, it says 300 yards, five touchdowns. But according to your assignment, you failed. The logbook's the exact same thing. Oh, you got a nice pump. You left and you stimulated the muscle. You got a little bit bigger today, but if we don't have grading for what we're doing, we have no clue if we are actually getting better. So from game one of the season to game 12, this grade should go up. It doesn't matter on how you play. It matters on if you're playing your assignment. And it doesn't matter how you lift. It matters if you're defeating the stimulus that you placed upon yourself last time. And there's so many variables of progressive overload. I had a long, uh, sent a really long voice movement to my client, uh, Maddie Zolik, earlier today about this. We look at it so much as reps and load. I love keeping load. I used to love heavy training. I still love heavy training. But like, you know, when you and I hit chest the other day, I think I finished with 90-pound dumbbell presses, and you might have done 75 or 80 or something on the flat. Ross and I are dumbbell pressing that much load. And we had a conversation before, like, if you're in the gym training with us, like, I, we're the two strongest male bodybuilders at that gym, right? Ross is the strongest, of course, but like we're we're the two strongest. But like 
if you're lifting more than we are and you and you don't look like us specifically ross more than me i'm trying to get to that but like you need to reevaluate what's going on there talk about your logbook what is your mental approach to your logbook because you're not married to the reps or the load you're married to the progression so how do you handle that so my logbook is is a work in progress mm -hmm. How do I make four plates as hard as it possibly can be? This is the approach to progressive overload. The first time you do four plates on a pendulum squat, right here, like you said, here's your baseline. This is where you're working from. If you go, let's say 10 reps, you go 10 reps on four plates, first time baseline. Second week, you go back and you only get nine reps. That has nothing to do with was it harder or not. What if you get seven reps? Well, the log book, how conventional log books are kept, suggests you got worse. But you last time had a uh, zero one one zero tempo, and today, exactly. Now you had a two and a half three second eccentric. You had a pause at the bottom, no momentum, and you stood up at the top. Yeah, you dropped reps, but you made it as hard as possible. You are truly able to graduate to the next phase because this is what happens. You know, I'm guilty of this many times where I get overzealous in a weight. Yeah. Where mentally, I can do the weight, like mentally strength, strength wise. Yeah. However, my hips, my quads, hamstrings, glutes, etc., are not used to that load. Yep. So that's how I hurt my hip. Your connective tissue can't yeah. handle it. Yeah. It, didn't, it wasn't ready. It wasn't primed for that. Yep. So I think taking it slower and focusing on mastering sort of load um, grouping allows you to actually graduate properly. And actually, yeah, I, I think you said a very important word there, mastery. Yeah. We're going for trainer master, training mastery. We're not just going into the gym just to train. Right. And that's what this whole off-season for me is going to be built around is I need to master these movements. And you're never quite going to get to – that perfect place like um on a video game when someone's like 99 or something like that's a video game in real life they're not actually a 99 overall only that video game in training you are never going to get to a 99 overall what we can do is get as close as we possibly can i can't lie i look at hunter labrada i look at his training a lot that shit is beautiful to watch i love the way you train because Something I actually learned from you the first time we trained together and something I applied to my clients. Trust your technicalities. If you've been doing this for a minute, trust your technicalities. But at the end of the day, like this is a common term that I hate that I'm about to use on the podcast. This is the best way to explain it. You gotta let that dog out. Yeah. 
you gotta get angry. You gotta fucking unleash. So while you're unleashing, trust your technique. So I actually made the, the analogy, um, and I keep it for me. Yeah. And then I said, I play guitar. Yeah. So I approach my training like melodic, mm -hmm. you know, rhythm. Everything is is in, uh, choreographed. Yeah. And then there comes a time in that fucking song where I just rip it. It's time to fucking Jet unleash. Metal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's how you get to that next level, mm -hmm. especially mentally. Mm -hmm. so my clients, I call it finding your red line. Yeah. Where is your red I line? I love that. Where is your red line? Because most people are afraid to redline their clients. Absolutely. And if you don't know where that red line is, what happens when you're at the red line? Yeah. You don't know where to push it. You don't know where to back off. Yeah, you have no idea. So we need to find that red line to actually get progressive. Yeah. And, and to find that red line, you're going to have to go. The other day, we finished a chess set. And after the chess set, like, my eyes were actually in the back of my... You remember what set I'm talking about? And you were like, that was a, that was a set right there. I was dripping. Yeah, I was dripping sweat. And we, it was just chess flies. Uh, and, and, and depressed, yeah. And I... Yeah, you find, you find that fucking red line. But now every set that I've done since that one... Like, that's the pinnacle. That's the goal. That would be the red line. Yeah. And the other day, I beat it on leg extensions at uh, Lift ATX. I went berserk, and I, I defeated it. But we can't always go to the red line. You cannot. You have to pick. Every session, you might have. If you're enhanced, you're fed up. You're, like, you, you got food in you. Uh, you might have two. Yeah. You might have two times per set, per session. Most sessions, you have zero. If we're being a hundred, yep. if we're being completely honest, uh, most issues. So, like, where do you want these to be? For me, it's like, well, a great place. Or I'm sorry, I hit it on the uh, seated leg curl, not the leg section. Okay. For me, my two places is chest and hamstrings. That's where I want it to be. I got one on chest. I got one on hamstrings. And you know, the rest of the time, it's like, I, I don't do RP shit. I train until I can't fucking train. Right. The rest of the time, you want to end a little bit short of that red line. That red line is you're at your manic in the head. During that red line, well, that's, where, that's where issues arise. It's where you get hurt. Yeah. 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 So, talk, how, how that give a quick uh, synopsis of how yeah. that happened. So, rhabdomyolysis, long story short, I'm still recovering. Yeah. I got diagnosed July 29th. Yeah. Uh, it was a um, internal stress condition or disease. Yeah. Um, so, I alluded to the pendulum squat. Yeah. I progressed too fast. Got it. Our TFL was not having not ready for that load yeah I popped it fuck got an, an infection of cellulitis in my quad mm -hmm. quad that same week and then i was i kept growing yeah so i was a 275 yeah heart was like due to too much stress yep so i couldn't function or filter out any of the proteins yep causing more Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Almost like too much stress equates to every single problem that we have in life. Um, okay. So I, I, I want to get what's changed from Indy. You lost to Indy. You got sixth place. And I know you were disappointed in that. I was disappointed in that. I remember Matt Jansen telling me before you went, he, he was like, hey, I think your boy Ross is like about to do good. Now I was like, no, Ross isn't going to win this show, but Ross might be in the, you know, Justin Rodriguez was freaking there. You're not beating him. He won, right? Blessing and blessings there too, Blessing yeah, yeah. And then uh, and then Justin was wherever. I was thinking Ross is going to be in this five or the four spot. I was like, no one. The only person who's progressed like you since you turned pro is is Nate Spear. It's been very Nate Spear like. Um, 
you know, and that's the greatest compliment I feel like I can give someone because no one lives bodybuilding the way fucking Nate Spear. He lives for this sport. Um, what's changed since Indy? Because you are a different monster now in terms of your physical, and you've been recovering from Rabdo the whole time. Well, backtrack. I am very self-aware. Yeah. I knew I could finish a goal one shot. Yep. I just ruined it looking. Yeah. Something happened with an edible and, and vodka. Yep. And it made my just heart race like crazy. Ah. I can't sleep at all. And I can, I, I have face. The, the night of the show, my face was sunken in. The morning of the show, I had gained at least 15 pounds of water just from cortisol. Oh, man. So I, was, I was tripping balls. At yeah. Uh, it's called uh, getting twisted. Yeah. I, I was just hallucinating. Yeah. Long story short. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So ruined the whole thing, and then I had to take a diuretic to prevent prejudging. So night show, and it came in a lot better than I expected. Yeah. Um, but what the question was, what's changed? What's changed? Like not physically, not mentally. Mentally, what's yeah. changed? So I and this may come down to having practice. Yeah. I approached bodybuilding like it was my fucking job. Mm -hmm. um, from the logbook to the steps to my routine, and I've talked about this many times. I did not get out of prep. Yeah. So I woke up, did the same exact thing, did my cardio, did my meals, my supplements, did the, the mental preparation on the drive, factory, mm -hmm. got my logbook primed, and I actually totally, completely changed my training mm -hmm. from mid-prep in Indy to 10 years before, I was all intuitive training. Mm -hmm. And I just went for a pump. Mm -hmm. and I was never Stacy, mm -hmm. Stacy, benching more than me. Mm -hmm. And I'm a fucking male. Yeah. That has changed. Yes. Yeah. I've now channeled that same energy into progressing in my weights mm -hmm. while still maintaining my training philosophy. Um, I think the training and just approaching it like a job just was the, the secret fascinating to say that ross and i have not talked at all about this until this point since my loss at the texas state i i was driving back that night it was an hour away and i, I that drive home was the loss was the best thing that's ever happened yeah. to me having that one hour drive home no music no nothing me and my tears and my thoughts was the second best thing that ever happened to me i haven't approached this like a job i approach coaching like my job Throughout my prep, throughout last prep for the Kuklo, I lost about 15, 20 clients in the last few weeks because I wasn't able to give people things. This prep, I lost one athlete. You know why I lost that one athlete? Because she didn't like that my feedback had gotten so short, but my feedback had gotten so short because my her training had been perfected over the last 11 months. So I didn't really lose a client because of prep. One person. I took a lot of pride in that. I realized... Well, bodybuilding has been my job. For the last, like, you know, 14 weeks of the prep, bodybuilding was my number one. And my athletes all got service. We won shows every weekend. We won overalls every weekend. You go back, I don't really think I missed anyone's mark anywhere. Oh, I can have two jobs. Now I'm working two full-time jobs. And they complement each other. They're done at the same time. Many people, when they get in the prep, they revert yep. to, like, their worst version of themselves. Yeah. You're so hopped up on everything. Yeah. Thriving. Yep. That's like you're so enhanced. Mm -hmm. Everything should be enhanced. Mm -hmm. I love work. I get so much the ideas and what I'm able to produce. Yep. Everything I make for these companies is running on fumes. 
that is my greatest growth I've ever had as an individual from a professional standpoint was in this prep. The absolute greatest. I got up on Sunday, hit cardio, prepped all my food. I went for my walk, cried a little bit more. <laughs> I posed, I took pics, stepped on the scale, everything. And every single day since then, we're at what? It's only been two weeks since since I lost. By the time you guys hear, it's been like four or five weeks. And I'll still be on every, there's just no, now it's a job. It was a hobby that supported my job. Now it's a job. And I know, you know, a lot through watching you, a lot through watching people like Nate, you guys aren't these genetic specimens. You're not going to win the Olympia. Nate's not going to win the Olympia. I bet you guys will get there though. I bet you'll take part. And now I know that's how I need to approach it. And I don't, I'm not saying I'm going to get to the Olympia, but you got no fucking idea. An 11 month off season coming up. Oh my God. And staying tight that whole time. Extremely insulin responsive. Only good things can happen. So you lost. You went back to the drawing board with your coach. You said, fuck all of this. We talked about this at the gym. Fuck all of this. We're going for it. Do you want to talk any about that? What did you change? What were you going to do? You're going to get in a health phase. What were you going to do? I was going to do a New York. Oh, were you? No shit. I was going to do New York and I was going to do another show. Okay. And as soon as I got off stage, I was going to go get strapped and never do Yeah. Yeah. And then 15 times and never does it. Yeah. Yep. I love it. And this is what a real fucking athlete does. He got told by his coach, nope. No more. There's no arguing. There's no fighting. There's no nothing. This is a sport. And people don't view bodybuilding enough. See, you said you like losing. I've learned. I would say about two days ago, I came around to the idea of, oh, man, that thing was good. That L was good, huh? I've learned now after that loss to like it as well. But there's just nothing that's going to be more satisfying than when you get that win after losing so much. And that win's going to come because you just trusted your coach's plan. Okay, I'm not competing in New York. I'm not competing in all that. Yeah. She loses so many clients because she tells them no. Yep. We're not ready. Yeah. And I always say good coaches are always ready. Yep. And I didn't. I know he's a great coach. That's yeah. why I didn't argue. No, I need to do New York. I need to do Orlando. Yeah. You're not ready. We're not going any further until you get better. Yeah. Your maximal placing was probably fourth place yeah. at the Indy Pro. Right. The so others were going to go backwards. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. But you ended up getting six. Well, whatever it was, whatever it was. Um, and now you're off season. I can guarantee the next time you're on stage, I don't know if you're going to place better, but your look is going to be significantly better. And I would highly wager that you'll place better as well. So you lost. You responded with that. You responded to the adversity with making bodybuilding your job. The moral of this story isn't necessarily about bodybuilding. It's about, dude, what the hell are you failing at that you really, really, really need or love or value? And I think there's a lot that bodybuilding, I talked about this on a podcast before. There's a lot that bodybuilding brings to us. Discipline is the greatest one. If you can get shredded glutes for a show, you have the discipline to do anything. You said no to all those restaurants. You said no to all those treats. You said no to all the late nights, to all the social outings, and you just got shredded glutes. So I'd like to challenge you. Yeah. No, no. People um, always say, they have to say no, like you just said. Yeah. No to your friends. Yeah. No, I can't have that beer. How 
how about if you want to take this sport seriously, mm-hmm. stop saying no. Yeah, stop. learn to integrate. Or start saying yes. Yeah. I want to be better. Yeah. I, that's what I want to do. That's my yes. Yeah. So I'm not saying no to the pizza. I want to be better. Absolutely. I don't I don't want that. Yeah. I don't want to eat that. Yeah. Because I, I want my chicken and rice. Absolutely. that's going to get to my goal. So every Sunday I go out and watch football uh, with a group of friends downtown. Every Sunday, I take my meals with me. Every Sunday, they're eating chicken and wing, chicken wings, pizza, all that stuff. I mean, sure, like, you would like to have a bite or something. And, like, you know, people at the bar are so freaking annoying, especially with some alcohol in it. Like, you know, you bodybuilding, blah, 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 you know, whatever. You can come inside. I think it's super weak. Like, I don't know. There was never even a time that I was sitting there. Sometimes my friends would order food. And they would do, I'm so sorry I'm doing this. Like, no, 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 you nothing i know i'm doing this like to myself and i i love it because i know that after this meal i'm about to eat i'm gonna look better i'm gonna feel better i'm gonna perform better and every single variable that we accomplish and this is um i'm so adamant on this you can rewire your brain your dopamine signaling to release dopamine after every little accomplishment you have every cardio session after every single meal i eat i simply get a dopamine response i'm like man i can't wait to do it again Let's say I'm here in terms of bodybuilding or fitness or goal achievement. Looking at my step count and seeing my goal accomplished <sighs> still gets me. Dude. And I'm like, if talking to my lifestyle people, I'm like, this is what you need to do. Mm-hmm. You need to set, we're not even going to worry about you know losing fat or getting to the stage. We need to make a habit of these little tiny accomplishments. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to post a reel today about sleep, about the importance of Yes. Because there's no anxiety. There's no, it, it is amazing how well you sleep at night when you could not have done a single thing to further progress. Every day I have a challenge for myself. 9,000 steps by noon. That's looking pretty good. Pre- looking pretty fucking good. Yeah. 9,000 steps by noon. I've also recorded six mentorship videos. They have responded to every athlete update that was into me by 10 a.m., I made my bowl of gains before I came in here. Uh, I got my dogs taken care of, walked, all that stuff. All this stuff done before noon, podcast with Ross. Noon is a really make or break point of the day. I get up. I'm not sure what time you get up. I get up 5 a.m. I turn my lights on right away. and my, I literally jump out of bed. Like I cause my heart to spike right away. I turn the lights on. I stare in it to support melatonin release, all this stuff, so that cortisol doesn't spike too high, blah, blah, X, Y, Z. If you start your day literally jumping out of bed, I literally swing my feet and jump out of bed. Oh, my phone's out in my fucking kitchen. Like, it's don't bring your phone to your room. I firmly believe no electronics in the room, no TVs, no phone, no nothing. It's just changed my life. Um, jump out of bed. By the time you jump out of bed, I don't care if it's five, six, seven. And honestly, if you get up after like eight, I think that's weird. But. <laughs> What can you accomplish between the time you wake up and noon? Because after noon, we just have simple circadian rhythm functioning and cortisol patterning. It's going to start taking you down a little bit. Little by little, we have sleep pressure, especially as the sun. And now, you know, we lost an hour of sun. But all throughout the day, I've talked about before on this podcast, that sleep pressure builds up. So the longer your day goes on, the more sleep pressure you have means the more fatigued and tired your nervous system is getting. The freshest it is is right away first thing in the motherfucking morning. 
get the get up and accomplish it clean your house right away make your bed right away brush your teeth right away take your dogs out right away start doing work you know wherever whenever you're in your workflow what do you accomplish before noon that sets you up for the rest of the day ross i'm really excited for this next podcast thank you so much for being on man it's super cool to have you here